that only the perception is constant and that it doesn't have a position. What sees this? Don't want to answer. Just accept that question for a moment. What what sees that? Just invite that question a bit, because if you say it seems like perceiving is um, kind of constant. Is that kind of what you're saying? What did you say? You said perception is. It has no fixed position. But that 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 knowledge comes from somewhere. Arises from somewhere. It must be that the functioning of perception is also phenomenal to that in whose presence and light it is seen. You see, this kind of question, you know, sometimes people may think, you know, wow, this is a bit intellectual. It's total heart, it's total love, in fact, to see that. The indefinable cannot be defined. It can be somehow detected, but not phenomenally. All the clues are there, but the thing cannot be found. And in the non-finding of it, is the finding of it, is the discovery of it. Who understands this? In the non-finding of it, but that everything else that can be found can be lost. And the very searching for it itself is also seen. And the discovery of it is also seen. But who discovers it? If there is a who there. There is scanning. Well, quick scan. The process and function of scanning is also in front of it. Mm. I mean, it is here in its in its nakedness. When you speak like that, it comes to a kind of nakedness. How can there be nakedness of something that has no form? The form of it was the mind for a moment. The very question and the seeking of it was the form of it. And when it took you to the formless, how can the formless be recognized? In the non finding of it is its discovery. And the discovery is that it is not phenomenal. Mm. Only what is phenomenal can be discovered phenomenally. But it cannot be discovered because it is itself. And when I say it is itself, these are words, even the words are in a way outside of it. 
So what speaks these words must be the intelligence of that thing itself. The intelligence that comes from there speaks on its behalf. The intelligence says that everything else can be seen, and what is seen is what is called else. But it itself, the seer, or the position of seeing, who or what is it that sees? Because even the seeing is seen. We are right now at the very bottom now. You pass the sediments now. So what is it now? And the answer can't give you. The answer can't give it to you. And you cannot receive it also. So it has to be determined who you are. Because what happens is that the position of yourself is the assumption that seems to hide it, that cover it. <coughs> the assumption of you searching for it somehow seems to hide it. But hide it from who? It cannot be hidden. See, to be hidden, it has to be something. And the mind can duplicate and try and imitate and do it to give to kind of create a sense that it is phenomenal. Because mind can only deal with phenomenality. It can only reason and interpret and look and measure and compare quality. But all qualities and the comparing of them arises somehow in front of that which is beyond quality. See, as I'm speaking, this is like as fast as a mirror's reflection. As fast as the mirror's reflection. There is no delay in the reflecting of the mirror, reflecting from a mirror. It throws something back upon itself. But this something is not a thing. Now I want to know if it's only what I'm speaking, if it's only appreciated intellectually. We are looking into the mirror now. But what is seen in the mirror is not it. The mirror only allows you to see that it cannot be seen. And like this, it is seen, it is discovered. It is like what Rumi say, knocking at the door. It opens. Ah, I've been knocking from inside. You would not know you're inside unless that knocking take place. You had no position. You but you imagine you're outside, therefore you knock. Then door opens. In the opening of the door, your position is determined. You say, ah, I'm already inside. 
It is like being inside your own house, knocking to try and get in. So what is this knocking, you see? You see, it is exposing, actually, the brilliance and the playfulness <laughs> and the fraud of the expression of the Absolute. <laughs> that it has to create this sense, you see, that you are searching, because unless you search, you will not find. And when you find that thing, <laughs> you realise that you are always this thing, and that the seeker was only a mask you wore uh, to frighten yourself. <laughs> you wore a mask to hide yourself. When you are searching for yourself, wearing this mask, <laughs> looking in the mirror and going, No, I am not that. In such penetrative introspections, there is no place to hide. How can it be like this? And yet, my final testimony, I do nothing at all. I am doing nothing at all. Even the seeking, I am not seeking. Even this finding, I am not finding, I am not finding. This I can say with total truth. Even the seeking, it is me and it is not me. It is caused somehow to appear to be myself, searching for myself. But at first, I didn't realize it was myself I'm searching. I thought I'm searching for something that I must reach, and when I reach it, I will be happy as the discoverer of that thing. But in discovering that thing, the discoverer could not be found. And when there is only the thing, nothing is discovered. <laughs> we are speaking like this. As the words are coming, the eyes must be as quick as the words. They are scanning somehow. And they can only confirm. They must not create, for the eyes cannot create. Only the mind of the eyes is creating. Only the mind of the eyes is creating. And that creativity is also watched. So the evidence is that if it is watched, it cannot be the thing. Mm. What is watching? Watching says something more subtle than the thing seen is present. Now can the watcher be watched? If the watcher is watched, by what is it watched? Every sentence is a door going back into the same room. 
a room you never leave except by imagination. But you mustn't trail behind me. Mm-mm. You must keep step with me. Teaching is like a, it's like a kirtan. A kirtan is different from a bhajan. A bhajan you sing, but a kirtan as a leader, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari. Everybody, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. Hari Ram, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. One lead, one follow. But in between the singing is a silence that does not follow. So you have to know both. One is a silence that is not singing, but without which the singing has no meaning. Silence has no meaning. But in the singing, the silence is very important because it gives meaning to the the non-silence, gives it depth, gives it beauty, yet it does nothing. Self is like this. It does nothing. The mind is like the singing. It is singing, it is dancing, it is showing all these things. It is searching for the silence, but the silence underlies it all the time. It's always present, it's like a sruti or something. It's always there. Now, how is it going to be seen? If our addiction, because this is why I asked the other day, I was asking like this. When the consciousness wakes up, like in the waking state, is it always on duty? Then you only have to answer this question. From the arising of consciousness, because prior to waking up, the consciousness is it's in deep sleep state. Then, at the instant of the waking, the consciousness is bright and present there. Okay. From the time consciousness is available, is it on duty? Is it transacting? You see? Meaning that it is functioning, transacting through the senses. Is the fact that there is perception, which is non-intentional even, so involuntary perception, it's just happening because it's part of the waking uh, consciousness that the senses are functioning and perceiving of the functioning of the senses are present. Does that amount to an activity of the perceiver? Is it possible that when consciousness is in function? As in the waking state, 
there is total rest for you? Or is that the functioning of consciousness taxing eh, to the self? Does it exhaust itself in the waking state? Rest during sleep. The sage is not like this somehow. Sage's mind is dead and fully alive. Dead personally, alive as presence. So it's not a drain, it's not a strain. Mind is like this mirror. It can reflect any number of things without being tired. The mirror never gets tired of reflecting. Because it's not doing anything, it's not even reflecting, but reflections take place in it. The mirror doesn't reflect. It simply is. And somehow because of its surface, things appeared in it. Reflection takes place in it. Then somehow your mind is a bit like this. Because the consciousness is present, the functioning of manifestation of the senses and seeming mind and thought is arising. But the background of this is an emptiness, you see. Now, in a way, you can say both are there the emptiness and the movement of somethingness or the mind. Does one strain the other, you see? Is the functioning of the mind, is it causing strain to the pure consciousness? Then you alone can answer that one. If it doesn't cause any strain, it doesn't. It doesn't create any destruction. To be distracted means that you want something to be a certain way, and something is going another way. All these little talks, all of them, is just the final burps of the of that ultimate self-recognition. Something's slitting. Experientially, it amounts to this. There is nothing functioning as a manager of experiencing, and yet there is wisdom and there is harmony. There is still the sense of a decision being made, and the voice also say, Yes, I think I must do this, and perhaps mm-hmm. I'll think about it. All of that is still part of the functioning of the consciousness. I say, it seems to me like this, that once the waking state comes into being, all its activity is happening spontaneously, including the sense of identification, I am this person, and I'm doing this thing, and I'm trying to realize who I am, and all of this stuff. Is actually the activity, the Dharma of the waking state. It's just happening by itself, it's going on, including the feeling that there's a me and you doing it, only can appear inside that waking state consciousness and in the dream state of consciousness. But in deep sleep, it's not there. Knowing this, something drops off that the tension of the personal seer 
some somehow melts away. It can be instantly or gradually. And then the manifestation seems to be carrying itself in front of an intelligence that simply appreciates, rejoices, enjoys. It does not take responsibility for the functioning of the manifestation. If it does, itself is the phenomenal functioning of the manifestation. If there appear to be somebody doing something to, to understand the manifestation, that itself is a part of the manifestation. Underlying this is a deep awareness which is uninvolved, but yet it is the source of the manifestation. Just like the mirror reflects everything, but without attachment. The mirror doesn't say, I want to keep the flower a bit longer. I want to reflect it a bit longer. I like flowers. <laughs> everything is in its own time. It keeps nothing like that. That is the purest thing. Now, what I feel inside now, is that if that's the purest thing, even the thing that appears to be polluted by thought and identity, if it is understood right, it causes no trouble. Even the thing that seems like because in the manifestation, if you have identity in the manifestation, you can never be perfect unto yourself. There will always be something missing. There will always be something to learn and all of this. There will always be a strangeness, there will always be some idiosyncrasy, some, some quirkiness. But when seen from, from a deeper place, as just part of the functioning, and perceived with detachment, then that is also becomes perfect. You follow? But if inside you believe you are that, then it can never be perfect. But when it is seen that that itself is part of the dance of the life, then in its apparent imperfection, it is also perfectly playing. And nothing in the play of manifestation, the functioning of duality, can be said to be perfect. It is always moving, always changing. It cannot be said to be perfect from inside the identity. Only without identity it can be said to be. It's a perfect play. Tell me about it. There's nothing I can tell you about it. As I tell you, I fix it, but it's always moving. So mm. can you say it's, per- it's perfectly moving and perfectly changing? In order to be evil, you need a memory. Mm. Because without memory, you are not fixed, and without being fixed, you cannot be a thing. If you are not fixed, you cannot be a thing. A thing is like a noun, but the ever moving is like a verb, isn't it? It is always moving. So, which part of that are you? Like the minute you go, I am this, it's already gone somewhere. So in order to say I am this, you must freeze something. Hmm? 
and then be relating to the frozen image and saying, Yes, I am that. Because the life is always changing. These are contemplations, reflections that they just arise like the vapour coming off the surface of the ocean. That's what gives rise to the ocean. <laughs> Otherwise, what to do? And the voice and the thoughts are the voice and thoughts of God, because He can't contain His own excitement, actually. <laughs> That's the greatness of his own creation. And it's too perfect to talk about, so it has to speak stupid nice. <laughs> How can you speak perfectly? You have to speak something you have to be something to say. So seen from this perspective, something just washes completely clean. Stop troubling yourself. Stop troubling yourself. Start trying to fix. How can you fix what is perfect? Only when you don't see it perfectly. And then, if you don't see it perfectly, then you are trying to fix it. You yourself are imperfect, so you can only tune what you are trying to fix to your own imperfectness. This is why sometimes people talk about, "I would like to try and help to kind of balance my life." Well, your life is actually balanced. Your thoughts are really imbalanced. But so great is life that even your seeming imbalance is part of the total balance. But you will not see it yet. Until you are no more. And it is like that. It is like trying to make water wet. It's already wet. <laughs> but we don't see something is thinking here. So this, these thoughts they come out of our own absurdities, which is nothing else than God's play. There is a certain sort of tension that is accompanies the being in its expression in the body. Because some tension is there. Till this tension is very necessary somehow. Like a kind of tightening the string of a guitar or something. This twang must be there. Like something is held. But in the witnessing of that sense of being held. There is a recognition of that which is without any relatives at all. There is no duality there. When I use a term like it is like a feelingless feeling, Like a seeing that happens in the subtlest of the subtlest intelligence somehow inside us. 
knowing that cannot be conveyed, can only be felt, and yet it is beyond the feeling of it. So, language has got its boundaries. Mind has got its boundaries. 